Hello and welcome back to Couch Potato Critics. I'm Carly. I'm Miriam. And I'm Shirley. And today's episode is about Casablanca, which is our last film in the theme of Best Picture winners. Yeah. One I Oscars. picked. For the Oscars. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> um, so we'll go straight into the synopsis. So Rick Blaine, who owns a nightclub in Casablanca, discovers his old flame Elsa is in town with her husband, Victor Laszlo. Laszlo is a famed rebel, and with the Germans on his tail, Elsa knows Rick can help them get out of the country. So for this being such a um, like famous movie, I thought it was really interesting that the synopsis that we found when we first just Googled it was so short. And so I just wanted to like add a little bit more uh, context, I guess, for people who have not seen the movie. Um, so the nightclub that Rick owns is called Rick's Cafe Americana. Am I correct? Um, and he is an exiled American. So he has to live in Casablanca, right? Well, yeah, it's, they don't really go completely. Yeah, they don't go, don't go. he's an American. And he's been in some, some stuff in the past. Like he's gotten into some, yeah, he had to leave America. And so Casablanca is... Um, at the time that this movie takes place, um, it is under French. under French rule, but the French were really being controlled by the Nazis. So from afar, it looks like the French are controlling it, but really the French are answering to the Nazis. And so there are a lot of people who are trying to obviously go against the Nazis. And that is something really important to keep in mind if you watch this film. And so one thing that I think we should keep in mind during this discussion is that this movie was not only filmed and then released, but also like the story. It all takes place during World War II. And so they are playing characters who are going through really hard things. And so really real struggles. And so I just thought that was something really interesting. Yeah. So this movie was released January 23rd, 1943. It was directed by Michael Kurtz and produced by Hal B. Wallace. It was written by two brothers, I believe, the Epstein brothers, who sold it. They originally wrote it as a play called Everybody Comes to Rick's, and they sold it. Howard Cox rewrote some of it. So it's starring Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Bergman, Paul Henry, and Claude Rains, who I know as the Invisible Man. So you mentioned that it was based on a play. That play must have been written, like, fairly... Quickly, like, yeah. quickly because this was this all happened during the war because obviously you can't write a play about you know the war if the war hasn't happened yet so it must have so it's almost like this movie was um <laughs> should i restart <laughs> what just happened <laughs> are you just not phased by that at all <laughs> no i can just keep... spit all over the computer screen <laughs> oh wait was it over the computer screen <laughs> <laughs> look at the paper <laughs> Okay, why did you... What made you laugh so hard? <laughs> the cookie. <laughs> the dogs. I'm never going to get through this. I never laughed so hard. I cried. <laughs> this is how the Beatles broke up, everybody. <laughs> I don't even know. Literally just talking about World War II. She fucking rejected that. I didn't think genocide was so funny. <laughs> We're still recording. <laughs> yeah, we <are>. <laughs> <coughs> okay, wait. Can I finish my point? <laughs> See why I laughed. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, <laughs> stop, stop. What the hell? Okay, go ahead, finish. So it's almost like this movie was. <laughs> hold on. 
So it's almost like this movie was destined like to be successful because the play must have been successful like really really quickly. And the play never went came out. Well, yeah, it was sold, and so it's like even from the first version of this story, people could see the potential and could see the the success. So I guess we'll start with the highest bill- billing, which is Humphrey Bogart, who played Rick Blaine. Okay, so I guess I'll start. Um, so I have a lot of mixed feelings about Rick, so be prepared to sit here for a minute. Um, so Rick is very, very, like, if medium was a person, it would be Rick. And let me explain that. So it's almost like he does not pick sides. He doesn't really do much. He, like, but everybody loves him. Everybody loves him because he owns this cafe, which is like a little piece of America. And a lot of people who go to the cafe want to go to America. And so he's very, like, monotone. Like, he's very uh, serious when he says everything. But he is very humorous, which I really like because I'm a really big fan of sarcasm and just, like, dry humor. And I think that he is really good at that. And so in terms of his actual, like, personality or, like, beliefs and stuff... I, and obviously we'll get into her more later, but I do not think that he was the right match for Ilsa um, because she, so one, he, he seems to be a lot older than her. Two, he doesn't seem like a super, super caring person. He's, there's a lot of instances where he seems kind of cold and I know that what he's trying to do, for instance, there's a scene where he's drinking in the bar and she comes in and he's very mean to her. Obviously, that's him trying to push her away because he knows that he loves her, but he can't be with her. But I still think he could have done that in a much nicer way. So I thought he was really well acted. But so, okay, let me kind of round together all of my points, because like I said, I have a lot of thoughts about him. But I think that he was I didn't really like him but then at the end when you find out that he um was on the 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 good side he was on the good guy's side and that he um is going to figure out another way to get to America and he allowed Victor Laszlo and Ilza to go on the plane and to be safe and he sacrificed his own well-being for that I think that that really shows his true character and I think that Deep down, he is a softy, and he is a very caring person, and he didn't seem like that for most of the movie, but I think he ended up being a really great person. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you. I mean, the ending definitely redeems him, but I think, I mean, I think the main thing about Rick is that he's just really depressed, it seems like. Yeah. Especially with the return of when Elsa walks into his cafe, I think that that really just returns a lot of uh, how he's just not as happy as he used to be and how he's really happy with her. Um, <clears throat> God. Uh, so I think that, like, the main thing is that he's just really, like, a depressed sort of, I mean, drunk kind of, or he gets drunk when Elsa comes. So I think that's really the main thing with Rick. Oh, yeah. Um, Before I get to that, though, I was going to say, Shirley, like, as a counter argument to what you were saying, was he always that serious? I mean, maybe that's an approach he took after Elsa, because Elsa broke his heart. She left him with no, you know, no warning. So, I mean, if that's his way of you know, going back into himself and putting up walls and everything. You know, he doesn't want to give anyone else a chance. Yeah, I, I mean, we see a little bit of a flashback from when they were in France together. And, I mean, he just seemed less serious. I think maybe he's just... The scenes that we do see with him are just very, like, I would say, 
casual, just him sort of being in love with Elsa. So I do think, like, that might be a different representative of his character, but he's definitely very, uh, you know, angered towards Elsa. So when she comes, of course, he's going to be more uh, aggressive to her. But I definitely think that definitely her not showing up and coming away with him to Casablanca is why he is so low. Yeah. So, I, I do get what, what both of you are saying, but um, I, I don't know. I think that, like, if, if it was, like, a true transformation, we would have seen him go from a very, very, you know, like, happy-go-lucky guy, like, a very, like, outgoing guy to a very yeah. quiet. And so he still has, like, a lot of humor in him. He still is a very sarcastic guy. He's constantly kind of messing yeah. with people, but he's smarter than them. So it kind of goes above their head, and I, I love that. Um, but I think he always kind of had a little bit more, like, seriousness to him. That's not, you know, uh, disqualifying the qualities that make him, like, good you know i just think I, I think he's a really interesting character yeah and speaking of an interesting character um it was i don't know how much of this is well known like if it's a well-known fact but it is clear throughout the movie that rick because this takes place during world war ii and it was filmed and it was shot during world war ii um miriam just keep your hands to yourself please <laughs> um I don't know if you can hear a crack in her knuckles. <laughs> Rick is supposed to be like a, a metaphor for America during the war because, you know, he doesn't, while he has, it is said that he fought in the past, you know, for, to be like a revolutionary and for other countries that were struggling before he came to Casablanca. Um, he's supposed to be a representation of America because America didn't join the war until Pearl Harbor. Until they were forced to. America wanted to be neutral. Um, so Rick, you know, you know, not taking anyone's side throughout the majority of the movie. And then at the end, finally, like, I'm going to do the right thing. So it's just, it. he is dynamic. Like, he has two sides. I, so before that, I had never actually heard of that theory. And I think that that's super interesting. And I think that, so this is one of those movies that's, like, kind of timeless. You can watch this now and still enjoy it and still learn from it. And so I think if you are going with the idea that Rick is representative of America, you could... <laughs> Here, can you put this over Dance on my desk? Here, just, can you, can you move this over onto my nightstand? Yeah, can we just listen to see if we could hear the music? <laughs> um, we'll do it after. What was I saying? So I think if you... So I think if you are, like, looking at it from um, a perspective today, you could almost think, okay, so if Rick is America... A lot of people want to go to America. A lot of people um, find that, like, they really want to, you know, go live in America. But America still has a lot of issues. And I felt that, like, a lot of people in this movie wanted to go to Rick for help or wanted to talk to Rick or get money from Rick or spend time with Rick. Many different things. And he, you know, deep down still had a lot of issues. And so it shows that nobody or nowhere is perfect everything and everyone has issues that need to be resolved so i think that you could kind of look at that theory from a lot of different lenses and so now i guess unless any of you have anything else to say about rick but moving on to his love interest ilsa what is her last name ilsa laszlo i know she's married to victor laszlo yeah, they don't reveal that lund, lund, lund. ilsa lund which is a, a wonderful name um, I think that's a great name. So, 
Ilsa Lund. Um, do any I have of you? Very okay, Carly, do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. I mean, if, if we want to start it on a negative note. Oh, um, whoa. <laughs> I personally, while I do think, um, what's her name, Ingrid, I do think she performed very well and she is very pretty and everything. And I just, you know. Um, but I do dislike Elsa. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know yeah. if I was supposed to. I'm sure that came across yeah, to certain people. Um, but just the fact that, like, maybe if you're looking at it, obviously from Rick's perspective, you're like, oh, you know, how could she do that, you know? But um, at the end, when she reveals to him that she's actually married to Victor Laszlo, who she comes into the cafe with as her boyfriend, that she was actually married to him during the time that her and Rick were in Paris together, I just, like... At least, <laughs> at least give the guy some closure. You know, you're leaving him by himself at the train station. You could have at On least... One of the hardest days of his life. Yeah, the Germans were coming, you know, everybody was running away. Um, you could have at least told him, I enjoyed our time together. I lied to you, but I am married. So at least you're giving him a reason instead of just running away and then showing up however many years later. So, I don't think that was great on her part. So, you said a lot of what I was thinking. Um, I, I also think that um, Ingrid is an amazing actress, and she performed really, really well. Um, but, Ilsa, okay. So, she was not very nice. So, here's what I think. She explains that, the, you know, the reason she was with Rick is because she thought that her husband, Victor, was dead. Okay, that actually makes sense, and I can see someone doing that. But if you're going to be in a new relationship, I think it's important to mention that you used to be married. And she did. Though. And that, no, she, she didn't, she, she didn't did. tell him. No, she did she not tell did. him. She did. No. She said she used to be with someone, but they died. She said No, that. she never told him. But yes, she did. She I never, can pull it she up. never said it was a spouse. All she, like, okay. they had that yeah. rule about not talking about okay. the past. Okay, so we were all a little correct and a little bit wrong. So I just think that she should have... Um, okay, if, even if they had this rule that they shouldn't talk about the past very much, if the past could affect you this much, and obviously she didn't know that he wasn't actually dead, but if you think that, you know, anything from your past could come back and, and potentially harm this new relationship that you're in, I think it's important to be honest with the person who you're claiming to love so much. I also think that both of the men in her life, Victor and um, Rick, were very, very kind to her. And I think that what she did to Rick, the way that she left Rick, I understand leaving him if, you know, you found out that your spouse that you thought was dead came back to life, it you know, to it's make. a hard choice to make. And if you go back to the spouse, I completely respect that. But she left him in a very, vulnerable. in a very vulnerable place. That was a time when, you know, people were losing loved ones left and right. People were dying. People were going missing. People didn't know if their loved ones were dead or not. And so to leave him with such, like, such a questionable, uh, like, explanation for why she wasn't there, I think that it was really, that can really destroy a person. And um, I also think that it was, you know, quite strange how she kept flip-flopping between, I love my husband, but I love you so much. I want to be with you, Rick. But I also love my husband. And I think that she kind of manipulated two people who really cared about her. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with both of you guys. And I do have uh, a bit of, like, I think all of the, 
all pretty much all the characters in this movie, it's very mixed feelings with them. Um, especially, I mean, the two main characters, which I think is, like, a really good point that they are very flawed, but, like, you can definitely feel like they're real people. Yeah, and I think that that's one thing, um, that kind of makes this movie so good is that since these are people who obviously are going through really, like, real struggles, um, I think it's good to show that they have, you know, many different faces to them. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I feel like you guys pretty much said everything. I'm gonna say, and I think that's really the point is just she was very flip-floppy and I think I mean in a way rightfully so your husband sort of comes back from the dead so it is a bit of like what do I do um but like of course leaving um Rick at the train station is a pretty horrible thing to do but I mean I don't know (laughs) maybe she was reuniting with her husband and I don't know um, I think that she was what just one last thing about her. I think that she was very vulnerable and then used her vulnerabilities to make two other people more vulnerable. Um, and so it was kind of like you can't fully be mad at her, but you also are like that hey, that's not okay. Don't do that, you know? Yeah. So I guess moving on to let's see who is the third Moving on from Ilsa, we move on to... What is his his full name? Captain Louis... I don't want to mispronounce his name. Okay, Captain Louis Renault. So, this is honestly one of the most interesting characters I think I've ever seen on screen. And you won't get it until the last five minutes. For the beginning part of the movie, you think that... This is a guy who is literally just given into the Nazis. He does not care. All he wants to do is just make sure that he's alive. He really does not care. He will screw anyone over for his own gain. All he's trying to do is protect himself, right? But in the last few minutes, you find out that he is actually supporting the French resistance. And I think that that is so cool that they had us tricked. And I don't know if either of you caught on to it because I know I did not. But they had us tricked for, you know, what was it, like an hour and 40 minutes? Yeah. I just think that that's so amazing that they were able to do that. Um, yeah, I never, I don't think I ever truly thought that he was with the Nazis. I mean, obviously he wouldn't really have much of a choice. But I think him switching sides so often is you know realistic i mean for a person who wants to survive during this crazy wartime especially um, being in the army yeah and i just think like it's really interesting to see how he would be buddy buddy with rick and then allow rick's bar to keep open because i think they mentioned that he keeps his bar open even though there's gambling going on and gambling's like illegal or something yeah um, but the fact that he is buddy-buddy with Rick, and then the Nazis come in, and then he's, like, sucking up to the Nazis, but then he goes back to Rick, and it's just, it's very interesting. Which is, that's, like, one of those things where it makes you think that he's just, you know, kind of like, I'm, I just have to focus on myself. Um, but I think one of the best scenes in this movie is when, so he is told by the Nazis that he has to shut down the bar, and he's like, I don't really have a legal reason to shut down the bar, and they're like, find one. And so he goes to the bar and he's like, okay, I'm going to shut down the bar because there's illegal gambling happen. And then the person who is running the gambling place comes up to him and goes, here's your money, here's your money yeah. from your gambling. Yeah. And he goes, okay, thank you. And then he proceeds to close down the bar, bar for gambling. Bogged. 
And I just think that that is so hysterical. And really, again, another instance that tricks you into thinking that he's, you know, not the greatest. But I just think that, you know, I would wonder if, like, if I rewatched this movie, would I be able to find, like, things that point to him being good? Yeah, I mean, like, I think all the main characters in this, definitely very uh, multidimensional. And I think he's definitely, like you said, very floppy and... Well, no, but I think that's what's so interesting is I, like, you know, keep watching. Oh, where's what is he gonna do next, and whose side is he on now, and you know, a bit of that. I I think was another thing that really, and you mentioned this, that really led to the success of this movie was the fact that these people, since they're so multidimensional, you could really, you know, picture them being real people. Because in reality, no, like real person is only one thing. Nobody's only evil. Nobody's only good. People are, you know, unique in their own different ways. People have so many different um, aspects to them. And I think that it's really, really cool and really important when movies really show that. So I guess moving on to Victor Laszlo, the person who I think um, Ilsa should have been in love with. But that's just... Well, she more in love with. Let's just say that. Um, So does anyone want to go before I... Okay, I mean, I can't find it. You have to cut out all there's the music, quote, by the yes, way. Yes, yes, there's just a quote for... But I think, um... Oh my god, what was that in? I just watched something where they talk about this. Okay, wait, let me go through movies. Oh, it was when Harry met Sally. Hold on. Oh, I've been to that restaurant. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because I am. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I just had to get the COVID out. <laughs> oh, wait, it's still recording. So, in when Harry met Sally, uh, Harry and Sally have this argument about Casablanca and whether Elsa should have gone with Victor or with Rick. Is So, Sally argues that uh, Elsa should have gone with Victor, or that Elsa wanted to go with Victor, and Harry argues that Elsa wanted to stay with Rick, so they, um, they keep, like, whatever, it's not that important, but they argue about it, so I think that that is very, I think that's the biggest argument around this movie. She should be with Rick, or with Victor, and I honestly think she should be with Rick, because, first off, they're the two main characters, but also, like, she obviously wants to be with Rick. Like, if she goes to him when she's she's married and she knows she's married, she returns to him. Okay. So, I kind of have two answers. My answer... Okay, my answer has, like, two parts. Yes. I think that she should be with Rick 
because that would make her happier. Like in terms of herself and what she wants, I agree with, I think it was Harry who said that she wants to be with Rick. But personally, I feel really bad for Victor Laszlo and I really feel for him. And I really wish that he had, you know, a wife who loved him as much as he loved her. Because I think that he really did love her. And I'm not saying that it would be... He wanted her to go to America without him. He, he did he because she he wanted her to be safe. I know, I know. He did he did things that you know were like self sacrificing things that he did for her, and I think that um, she does not deserve. Him. She doesn't. Okay, so she doesn't deserve him. But it's almost like I want him to be happy. Like, so I feel like she should go with him to make him happy. But then also I'm like, it wouldn't be good for her because she would only be happy if she went with Rick. So it's a it's kind of like an impossible question. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, I mean, I think maybe his character is just a little dry. I mean, we don't see much of him by himself without her. Um, And I think that it's hard to say what he really is like, whereas we see Rick, majority of the movie, without Elsa. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I like like Rick more, but, and I found, like, uh, I found Victor kind of boring, I guess, a little, but I mean... I think that more so Rick and Elsa are, like, the same person in a way. They're just both sort of yeah. very um, unsure in a way. I was just going to say, like, yeah. the most we see of Victor is just people confronting him. Like, yeah. hey, you're Victor Laszlo. Come with me. I want to arrest you. Like, that's literally the most we see of him. We don't see any of his personality or... Anything that would help the argument that Elsa should be with him, so. I'm sure he's a lovely person. I'm sure he's a lovely Here's person. what, and this is kind of going back to my point earlier where I said that the what makes this movie so special is that the characters are really, like, you know, have a lot of different uh, aspects yeah. to them. Yeah. So what I think separates Victor from the two main characters is that he's all one thing. What we see of Victor is him being this heroic, you know, selfless person. And we only see that. So he's it makes him a great person, right? He's fighting for, for the right thing. He would sacrifice, you know, his happiness for his wife. He really cares about her. But we only see this one side of him. Whereas with Ilsa and um, Rick, we see many different sides of them, which makes us feel almost more connected to them because we learn more about them we learn more about their personalities i guess now on to the only likable character in my opinion the best so sam the piano player sam is played by dooley wilson and he is pretty much i guess the entertainment at rick's cafe and he's just like the sweet guy and i think he like sort of he gives advice to both Elsa and Rick while they're in the situation, but also I think he's, uh, you know, the reminder of Paris and why he plays the song as time goes by, which reminds both of them of their time in Paris. I guess it's like their song with each other. I am a lover of jazz music, and I love music from the 1940s. I also love music from the 1920s, but to keep it, you know, on the, the right track, I love music from the 1940s. And so when I saw the first shot with Sam playing the music in the bar, I immediately was like, oh my god, I love this. I 
think that he seems like one he's a great musician and two he seems like somebody that you want to have as a friend especially someone who you want to have as a friend during really hard times like this i think you know sam really cares for everybody he doesn't really you know pick sides between ilsa and rick and you know he is just there to support people and i think he seems like a really kind person and he's able to keep people smiling and people dancing during a really hard time and i think that that's really really special and i'm really glad that they added in a character like that yeah to sort of be i think a a guidepost for this movie so he's not only at the center of the bar, but it's almost like he's at the center of their little their little universe. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so uh, I have one question, and I thought this while watching the movie. I've seen it before, but rewatching it, I really like. I think I took notice of a lot of the direction for this movie, and I just I wanted. So I wanted to, I guess, comment, and I guess you guys can respond. But I think this movie being filmed in black and white like it feels right like it's one of those that it just it really feels like it was made for black and white and i don't know why but part of me it just it, i like that it is in black and white and yeah <laughs> so you're asking like if we could see it in color would we or what do we yeah, think about I mean, um it's not really so if you would um i guess well so i um I like color. I really do like color. And um, I, when I, obviously when I critique or review movies, I, you know, bring every aspect in, but I normally don't really focus on the, like, you know, the quality of the camera as much as I do the camera work and things like that. But I did ask my dad while I was watching this, I said, hey, you know, have they ever made it in color? And he was basically like, no, people would be, you know, people have said they can't make it in color. They don't want to make it in color. And I personally would like to see it in color just to see it kind of almost brings more life to the actors. But in terms of like the aesthetic and the story of this movie, I really think that black and white did fit it well. I would watch it in color, but I think that if you want to keep it in black and white, I think that that's how it was made. And I think it is better that way yeah i mean i don't know if they made it for budgetary reasons but i think that they made it in black and white for a reason like that's how it should be seen i think it makes it more dramatic and um you know in that way and i mean the reason that i mean i'm sure you can find a color version of this online but there's the i told you guys about ted turner right we talked about this in a previous episode who right ted turner and how they petitioned to congress to not yeah. have the main oh, color yeah, yeah, yeah. so i think i talked about that in it happened one night probably or maybe grand hotel one of those. yeah <laughs> well listen to both and tell us which one it was <laughs> i don't even think i'd give it a chance in color to be honest because it just fits the black and white so well it feels i hard. didn't even think this is 1942 right yeah so I don't know, it's just... 43. Or, yeah, 43. 42. No, it's made in 42. So. Um, I just can't even think about it in color. Like, when someone says Casablanca, I mean, even before I'd seen it, I knew it was an older movie. So yeah. even in my head, I was just like, oh, probably black and white. Like, even when I'd never seen it. So I don't think color really fits. I think, you know, like, just one last thing. It's just, like, it's kind of... It's... I didn't feel like anything was missing, you know, with without the color. I mean, I would watch it in color just for, like you know i'm curious but um so i had a question and hopefully i don't upset 
upset anyone here since this is a very famous quote. But so um, what does, and I want you guys to answer if you do know what this means or what you thought of this, what does here's looking at you kid mean? What does that mean? Um, Wait, so what does that mean? What, what is the significance of that line? Yeah, it, it makes it's a little bit weird that he's calling his love interest kid. I just, I, what is the significance of okay. that line? So you, you know, when somebody does a toast, yeah, they say, here's to, and it's, here's to looking at you. I like looking at you. Oh, he's complimenting her. Here's I'm going to say it like that. Well, because, it, well, it's, I think it's very. I think it is very If someone well, said that to me, I'd just be looking at them like, what? I yeah. yeah. I well, he, he just, well, he just forever wants to look at her, pretty much. Here's to looking at yeah, you. Until she leaves him on the train station. Um, so another. Are you killing me with your finger? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to do so much editing me. So another, now that I actually know what that means, another quote um, that apparently there's like some misconception about this. So I don't know what she actually says and what they think she says. You know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Is it um, play it again, Sam, or play it, Sam? So what is, so she says play it, Sam, but people think she says play it again, Sam. Yeah. And I always love when that happens. Like, for instance, there's this uh, old TV show um, called Lost in Space, and they always, people always say, Danger Will Robinson, Danger Will Robinson, or, but he never, the robot never actually says that. And I just think it's, like, super Yeah, I mean, like, another one is uh, Lucy, you know, from I Love Lucy. Lucy, you've been getting into some trouble. And he never says that. You guys don't know what I'm talking about. Or, like, in Star Wars, isn't yeah. there, like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, Star Wars is a bit different because it it's just seems like... It's just pe- a one-word difference. I yeah, think. it's not... He says Luke. He, he, uh, he says... No, he doesn't say no. He just says, I no. am... No, I think it says... Because the quote is, Luke, I am your father. Yeah. I think he just says, no, I am your father. Yeah. 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 It's just a one-word difference. Well, I don't know entirely if this... If either Woody Allen... Bleh, had the misconception or he started the misconception but he has a film called play it again sam so i don't know if that was either he started it or either he misheard the quote too i'll look into that so this movie is officially the most quoted movie of all time and the most popular one is here's looking at you kid now I know what that means. Yes. Um, and uh, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I'm oh, sure you've heard, heard that, that before. Um, play it, Sam. Play as time goes by. Or I guess play it again, Sam, in that misconception. Round up the usual suspects, which I don't know. I feel like the other two that I'm about to say after are more quotable than that one because I've definitely heard them before. Well, I've heard, I've heard suspects before. Up, that was yeah. actually the only one that I had ever heard before. Oh, that, not for me. I mean, like, I whatever and then we'll always have paris and then of all the gin joints and all the town and all the world she walks into mine i feel like that is more usually quoted than the other two i would say so i guess i'll just say this to make a little fun last question before i give our reviews what would you say your favorite is it doesn't have to be on the list but i'm sure sure you (laughs) don't remember (laughs) i'm sure it will be on the list yes um I think my favorite is round up the usual suspects because when I hear that line, for some reason, I picture like 
Don't say Criminal Minds. No, <laughs> I picture, I'm not going to say Criminal Minds. For some reason, I picture it in like, obviously it's a comedic line, but I picture a bunch of, you know, like something, someone vandalizes something at school, let's say. And then, you know, a teacher sees it and they're like, round up the usual suspects. And then it's just all of the kids who are normally in detention. And I just think that that would be really, really funny if, you know, like it's, it's just all of the people who are like, you know, the usual suspects, but then it's not actually the person that you suspect. Um, I just think that it's, it's funny. It's a little, it's a cute little line. I don't know if my metaphor or my example made sense, but it made sense to me. Even though I love of all the gin joints, uh, I, I think I, which I do think is more usable. I just, I love, we'll always have Paris. I think that that is, first off, such a good, like, way to describe the movie, pretty much. And, I don't know, I think it's, like, a little bit romantic and whatnot. So, I think I have to go with that, even though I'm sure I'll be saying, of all the gin joints. In all the world. I guess, like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, go. I guess that's um, kind of like all our favorites. You know, we all simultaneously have a like. I mean, they're the most popular. For that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, I would say like at the the list we're looking at right now. <laughs> sorry. Um, mine would probably be like I think this is a scene. I don't really remember. It's a scene between Rick and Elsa. I think number eleven. It says, "Where were you last night?" No. Never mind. <laughs> no, 12, actually. Yeah. Well, I see you tonight. I never make plans that far ahead. I really like that one because I think it's it's Rick that said that. I know that. Um, it's just his humor. I love his humor so much. I actually was going to, after you said your quote, I was going to mention that one. And if she's listening, quick shout out to my sister. I shout think, out to your sister. Shout out to my sister. I think that that <laughs> quote is so... So, quick shout I don't know if she's listening, but shout out to my sister. I think that that I'm quote. Keep both. <laughs> you know that, right? I think that that quote is so perfect for her because. Okay, I'm, sorry. I'm restarting. So, I was actually going to mention that quote after you were done um, saying your favorite because it. I just think that it's so perfect for my big sister. And I don't know if she's listening, but my shout out. Shout Betty. out. Miriam! But I don't know if she's listening, so shout out, Hannah, if you're listening. Um, but I just think that that is so her, like, if I talk, you know, if my dad talks to her, like, hey, do you want to, um, like, do you want to have dinner tonight? She'll be like, I, I don't know. Like, I can't, I, I don't know. Like, I just think it's really funny, but I love you, Hannah, just <laughs> in case she is listening. <laughs> so real quickly, just because when I was looking for some stuff about this movie, I found a cool fact. So there's a point in the movie when the Germans start singing... Oh, that's uh, the, yeah, the uh, German song. Put in the German song name here, Miriam. Hey, it's Miriam from nearly a year after we did this, finally editing the episode. This song is Dorf Swartz Weasel Lied. It's the Nazi party anthem in the unofficial second national anthem of Nazi Germany. And the French start singing <laughs> Les Mazerilles Wubiba. You just butchered. Yeah, but it's the, actually, that's the start of All You Need Is Love. I'm sure you guys have heard that song before. Hi, it's a year later, Miriam, again, here to correct my pronunciation. It's Les Marseilles. And yeah, it has the same opening as All You Need Is Love. So the French, in response, stand up and sing Les Madres de Dudida. And 
And doo doo poopy is in fact La Marcia's and your later Miriam is gonna go now after the horrific pronunciation. So, so uh you can see the people crying and really that was not planned they did that in response because most of the people most of the actors in this movie were actually held in like concentration camps or made to flee their own country because of what was happening and i just thought that that was a cool behind the scenes moment and also many of the people who play the nazis in this movie are actually jewish so oh wow that must have yeah. been a hard, a hard role to play. Can you take out the part where I said poopy? Because, because, because I don't really know like I was making fun of anyone. <laughs> you okay? Future Miriam, please don't okay. poop. Okay, so I'm going to keep that part and I'll take the poop one out, but I'm keeping that in. Oh, look, I'm back already. Yep, well, I kept both. So here's looking at you, kid. No. Okay, so please. Okay, let's do reviews. I want my college. Imagine we actually finish this. I want my college to be able to listen to this and not kick me out. Go ahead. Do the review. Don't do the review. Oh, so I guess now we're we're moving on to ratings, and so this movie has a ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a very yeah, which is you know basically as good as you can get. Um, and does anyone want to give their rating first or can I go? You go. You have the mic. Okay. So I would give this movie a 95 because I would say this movie was incredibly well made. It was really, um, interesting. The acting was really well done. I loved Sam. Shout out to Sam. If you're listening. Um, if you're listening, no, (laughs) rest in peace to all of the actors. Um, but I did feel that this movie was slow at times and slightly confusing. It was like there was things where it was slow at times, but then also a little bit fast paced. And so it was like sometimes it would go from dragging on to being like too confusing. And so I just wish that it was like a little bit more clear and a little bit more kind of evened out. But I thought it was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. Carly, you really hate this podcast, don't you? I was watching a video of Adele. I know, I've seen it. No, I'm going to go first. Since you picked it, so I'll go before you. Oh, so you're harping on me because I'm watching a video of an Adele. It's not even my turn, so. (laughs) Surely. I just thought it was funny seeing Adele. I hope you get run over when my dad comes. Okay, so. Your dad will be in jail and then you can't see your dad ever again. Oh, (laughs) my God. I remember. Right, Miriam, should, would you like to give your rating? Yeah. So I think I'll just agree with the critic score of 99. I love this movie. I think it's very... I think I just love how... I mean... Oh, look. Year later, Miriam is back again. Well, um, I just wanted to say that I do not agree with this 99% rating. I was just too embarrassed to say that I fell asleep while watching the movie. So I think a rewatch is deserved. And cut me some slack. It was a school night, Okay. Anyway, um, back to the nut show. <laughs> I really hate this podcast. <laughs> I think it's just really relevant, like, at the time it was released. But also, it can still be watched now. But it was a l- little bit slow at times. That would be my only complaint with some of these. Is that yeah. it did feel like, could have been, like, 90 minutes. Like, some of, maybe... Maybe maybe five minutes left. Okay, so I'm doing this podcast now with a year later older of myself. Miriam, I think it was slow because you fell asleep during it, but that's just me.
but i just i love the ending so much that it's not the typical whatever and it the there's a reason why it's the most quoted movie pretty much ever it was really well written yeah the it's really well written i think it's really well directed uh and so they won the oscars for directing and writing as well as best picture so i think that that like you can definitely see that that's the highlight even though the actors are great that's the highlight of this movie hi miriam a year later is coming back yet again uh here to say that ingrid bergman shouldn't have played elsa but it gets a 99 because ingrid wasn't nominated for best actress thank you okay i'm gonna interrupt again because i'm forced to edit this episode um there's a reason ingrid wasn't nominated for best actress and there's a reason why she has three other oscars she's a great actress she shouldn't be playing elsa anyway that 99 percent is not deserved and i can't really think of what i would give it because i don't remember what happens in the movie halfway through it i know the ending and i know the beginning that whole middle is a blur to me um yeah i'm gonna have to agree with the 99 i really enjoyed this movie i went into it because i don't know i just feel like a lot of like classics no matter like music books sometimes they're overrated so i went into this movie and i wasn't really sure what i was going to expect um because like we discussed earlier the synopsis doesn't really give much away but it was really enjoyable especially you know um rick's humor and the funny gambling scene and this i really did like the singing scene too um so yeah i'm gonna agree with the 99 and now I feel like my score is too low, but I, I also hurt. So yeah, I and I, one more comment I want to make is, I think another reason why, I mean, I love this movie, and I think the 99 I gave it is deserved, but I have to say, um, I briefly mentioned that Ingrid Bergman was not nominated for this, and I've seen her in other stuff, and I think that uh, that stuff, she's won three Oscars, or she won three Oscars, so she's an amazing actress, but I think that there's a reason why she wasn't nominated in this, because I do think overall she is much better in other roles, but also, when I was watching this, this is my second time watching this, I did- Okay, you're little bit, yeah, whatever, you got it, editing Miriam. Here to correct the record, um, no, this was my first time watching it, I watched, like, the first 15 minutes when I was, like, 10 before an argument broke out in, with my family, so- Again, I lied about that one. But at least I got the Ingrid part right. I mean, she doesn't show up for a while. I thought she was like, I mean, it's a 25-minute mark, but for me, I was like, geez, she doesn't come until this late. So, anyway, I guess that is all for this episode for Casablanca. And that will actually conclude our um, Oscar back best picture winner category and our next category as it is getting cold outside and the holidays are approaching is christmas movies and so my pick is first so can i have a little drum roll please before i announce it jingle bells i'm gonna add jingle bells in yeah i like can the I drum roll better actually can i have a little drum roll jingle bells mashup um That's right now sound like tweet tweet I just sat through this whole thing, and it might be 50 minutes for you guys. It was a hell of a lot longer for me. So I'm not putting jingle bell, drum roll, whatever the asking is. Um, so my pick is my, not only my favorite, my favorite Christmas movie, but it actually may be my favorite movie. I, I haven't fully decided. Okay. Is Home Alone. No, that's the one we're going to 
didn't do at the end, I thought. No, I want to pick Home Alone. It's my favorite God. movie. <gasps> I told you. I said we each pick one and then we do Home Alone at the end. So my um my pick is, and can I have a drum roll, please? Jingle, 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 jingle. So my pick is um, A Muppet's Christmas Carol. <laughs> Not even the normal one or the Disney one. A Muppet's Christmas. What? what? I mean, okay. Girl, I don't know if I can make it through That's that. That's an hour of my life I'll never get back. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I love that movie. Okay. Um. Okay. So, um, I don't think Miriam and Carly really like my pick very much, but Have I. Have you seen the animated Disney version? I love a Muppets Christmas Carol. I love the Muppets. I have a big poster of Jim Henson and Kermit the Frog hanging in my room. I love the Muppets. Charlie, can we go to college to listen to this? Stop being judgmental. I I really love the Muppets, and I think that it's a great movie, and I hope you guys enjoy. Um, So is that a good pick? Yeah. By the way, can we we, uh, go back to my burp? We can go back to it later. (laughs) You gotta say goodbye. Okay. So, now that I have given my pick, I um, think it's time to wrap up. So, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow us, like us, save us, share us wherever you get your podcasts. A million more and, adjectives. Yes, and a million more adjectives. Wait, and verbs. Verbs. <laughs> Whoops. This is why I'm not a million. This is why we're watching movies instead of doing book reviews. But a million more verbs, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, goodbye. Yes. We'll always have Paris. Bogart is my man. <laughs>